0: the read to lead podcast episode 22 hey everybody
1: this is gary bay nerd chuck author of jab 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 right hook and you're about to listen listen i'm gonna say it the greatest episode of read to lead ever by one of my favorite cult fans jeff brown number one, but not at expense of anybody else. I spend zero time trying to tear anybody else down. I want everybody to do well, but by the same token, boy do I want to beat them.
0: Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and Inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. I can't imagine having two back to back episodes as powerful as these two. Last week, Chris Brogan was our guest. This week, it's none other than Gary Vaynerchuk, the authority when it comes to social media, how to use it, and how to use it well. Gary has just released his third book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Gary says this is the third in a trilogy of books centering around social media and leveraging it for you and your business. Whereas his first two books, both Crush It and The Thank You Economy, were more about the jabs or effectively telling your story, as Gary would say, his latest book is really more about the right hook as much as anything. The right hook, Gary says, is paying attention to things like context in social media, understanding timing, and the need to start respecting the platforms and understanding the nuances that make each of them interesting and unique. More from Gary Vaynerchuk on that and more in just a few seconds. But first, I want to let you know about our sponsor today and encourage you to download the Snippet app. They're sponsoring this episode of the Read to Lead podcast, and one of the best ways you can thank them for supporting content you care about is by downloading the Snippet app today. The Snippet app is all about reading great content on the go, and they're great for up-and-coming writers as well, because the Snippet app reimagines the way we do both. Now, if you're a writer or an aspiring writer, Snippet means no more waiting to get published or wondering what the best way is to capture and share your stories and your ideas and your experiences. You're listening to this podcast, so I assume you're a reader. And for readers, snippet means short and engaging and beautiful reading. A snippet's length and multimedia content grabs and holds your attention to the very end. And like I mentioned last week, amazing writers like Pat Flynn and Jeff Goins, both former guests on this show, along with Natalie Sisson, who is coming up next week, and Paul Jarvis, all choose snippet. Bottom line is, they want to feel more reading in the world, by reducing barriers to entry. That sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? And also removing distractions and promoting great storytelling. So to enjoy the Snippet reading experience, you can search Snippet app in Apple's app store and download the free reading app today. I also have a link for it in today's show notes, readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash 022. You can learn more about Snippet at thesnippetapp.com. You'll find that link also in the show notes for today's episode. Remember that downloading the free Snippet app is a great way to show the folks at the Snippet app you appreciate their support of podcasts like this one. Gary Vaynerchuk is first and foremost a storytelling entrepreneur. He's also a New York Times best selling author, and his digital consulting agency, Vayner Media, works with Fortune 500 companies to develop digital and social media strategies and content. Businessweek selected him as one of the top 20 people every entrepreneur should follow, and CNN has voted him one of the top 25 tech investors on Twitter. He lives in New York City, where he avidly roots for the New York Jets, and he is the author of Jab, 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 Right Hook, How to Tell Your Story in a Noisy Social World, out today, Tuesday, November 26th, and he is our guest today. Gary Vee, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thanks, Chef. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, back in the day, back 2007, 2008, you and uh, along with Chris Brogan were sort of the of the one two punch for me, no pun intended, when it came to figuring out social media and the trajectory of my career changing. So, uh, very excited to have you on. And I feel weird saying this, but your book, Jab, 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 Bright Hook, is a gorgeous book. It is so beautiful. You know
1: what's crazy? People have been freaking out. I'm, I'm pretty proud myself. I, I'm not usually a great design guy, but we really, we pulled it off, didn't we? I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 listen, this credit to Mike Roman on my team here at Banner Media. Um, And yeah, thank you so much. Like that has been like, I'm actually a little bit pissed off. That's been the (laughs) overall sentiment more than anything else.
0: Well, I can speak for its content as well. And of course, we'll we'll get into that. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about the book is the the amount of research that has gone into the examples you've laid out of the various, you know, the big five social media platforms, businesses and brands doing it right, businesses and brands doing it wrong. As the book launches, are are you anticipating any backlash uh, from those who were used as examples of uh, how to do it wrong?
1: I'm a little worried about it. You know, Jeff, I'm a, I tend to like be pretty proud that I'm a good guy. And I went there with this book, you know, I, I wanted to write a very deep informational book, a utility, a textbook more than a rant. And, uh, and that meant that I had to create 40 examples of really bad work. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, there's definitely going to be some people, you know, inevitably I've, I'm a I'm a big enough deal, I'm not trying to be you know, cool here, but I know that I've got street cred, which means the book's gonna get to some C-level executives and they're gonna see their brand there and they're gonna be upset because they're not smart enough to realize they won't read what I wrote, which is you know, this is just one piece of content, doesn't mean that this brand is bad at it. Um, and so I'm a little worried about that. I'm, I, I'm not excited about that at all. It actually is the worst part of this book for me. I'm worried that somebody would be upset or have anything bad happen because me say you know I hope that you know I don't think I'm I'm a big enough deal that I should cause somebody to get fired. But even just you know an uncomfortable conversation is not something I'm excited about for people.
0: Well, I think that's one of the great things about the book. I think it needed to be done. So uh, kudos to you uh, for being brave enough uh, uh, to do that. Uh, You mentioned in the beginning of the book, too, about some reservations you had initially in writing it. What was the main reason for your hesitation as you sat down to write this book?
1: I'll give you the real answers, all of them. Um, One, I just didn't want to write another book. (laughs) I really didn't. Two, I didn't want to give away VaynerMedia's secret sauce. You know, that was really important to me. Um, three, I, uh, you know, I felt like I I don't want to be known as a talking head and an author to be really honest with you, Jeff. Um, so those things really, really, really were at the core.
0: Well, you say that, that so many businesses and brands approach all of social media with this singular mindset and fail to understand that each platform has its own unique language. And partly because of that, you say they fail to invest financially and philosophically or even both. Why do you think, Gary, so many brands and businesses continue to question the value of these platforms?
1: Big, big businesses need reporting. That's how they live. They need Nielsen ratings and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's so new that all the reporting isn't fully fleshed out. We've just gotten to the place where there's data logic studies or some of the stuff that was written about in the profile about me in New York Times, where our NILA work was quantifiably driving the business. But we're just getting here. I mean, it's 2014. We were talking about this stuff in 0567, right? So, um, you know, that's the biggest reason, Jeff. If you want the real boring answer, it's the report. <laughs> the reporting isn't good enough yet to quantify the value, which doesn't allow them to invest in it. Otherwise, they'll get fired if the business doesn't grow.
0: I see a lot of marketers and brands, and, and Lord knows I've been guilty of this myself from time to time, uh, utilizing apps like Hootsuite and Buffer to you know write a post, create a, create content once, and then shotgun it to Facebook and, and Twitter and, and LinkedIn and, and wherever else, all at the same time, instead of you know posting natively to each platform and understanding timing and context like you advocate. My question really is more of a chicken or egg one. Is this the fault of lazy marketers or are apps like Hootsuite and Buffer contributing to the problem by encouraging this shortcut type behavior?
1: I don't think it's Hootsuite wants you to do that. They just enable you to do that if that's what you want to do. It's not their fault. The screwdriver doesn't make you stab somebody with it. <laughs> right? Right. It was it was intended to, you know, make a piece of furniture. So you know, what you do with the tools on you, I'm not going to sit here and allow anybody to cop out and say, oh, you know, this tool made me do it.
0: Well, one of the great things I know we agree on about social media and the Internet is that there, there aren't any gatekeepers anymore. There's no longer a good reason for you to wait for someone to give you permission to create But the other side of that, though, is everybody is talking and has something to say. So the issue now becomes, how does your message get the chance to be heard? And in chapter two, I think it is, you talk about the characteristics of great content and compelling stories. We talked a little bit about native content. I'd love if you could highlight one or two more uh, that are particularly important in your mind.
1: It's native is kind of a, is, is super important. It needs to respect kind of the platform. I think the next one that I really have a lot of heart for is it doesn't interrupt, right? right. Um, I think that um, interruption is the real. Pro- I mean, this one might be the real one, right, Jeff? That's what's really happened here. Could you imagine that we're fast forwarding commercials? You and I are old enough. We're, we're not a bunch of kids anymore, Jeff. You know, so, <laughs> you know, that blew my mind. Mu- when I saw Tebow, my head exploded.
0: <laughs> I think it still looks pretty good.
1: Um, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I think that that is very important. That intrusive advertising is in trouble. Listen, there's a new TiVo like thing that I've seen for laptops coming that eliminates all pop-up ads on the internet, all, ba- all banner ads on the internet. So there's, we're always playing this constant game of cops and robbers, right? right? And so that's what it is, right? It needs to stop interrupting. It's why I like social because it's naturally happening in your stream.
0: On a platform like Facebook, Gary, what do you think are some of the key elements of effective storytelling that that most businesses and brands are, are missing or are or passing over?
1: The time of which they post, mm. the psychology of why somebody's on Facebook—it's very family. It's very catching up on the people that you know and the things that you're interested in. Um, the the amount of copy uh, and where to place the call to action in the picture, the understanding of when it should be a picture versus when it should be words. And most of all, that Facebook is not an email service. It's not to use as distribution to drive awareness to somewhere else.
0: You have the same affinity for Twitter that I do. It has been so valuable to me over the years. You were a big part of that. I mentioned Chris Brogan as well. How did Twitter play to your strengths in the early going? I like to
1: listen for as much as I like to talk, and boy, do I like to talk, and I'll cut you off multiple times in this interview, I love to talk, but what, what I'm really good at is collecting consumer data and behavior, and, and I, Twitter's the greatest, listen, let's start, let me take a step back. I believe that Twitter is the true social network, the true social network, whereas the other ones are mer- very focused on pushing out. When Facebook took away comments showing up on your Facebook page wall, mm-hmm. they took themselves out of being a social network and they put themselves into being a content distribution platform.
0: Another uh, platform you, you spend an extensive amount of time in the book writing about is, is Instagram and, uh, and about its limitations for brands and that it's a closed loop. and that Because of that, you know, brands and, and businesses struggle with how to use it effectively. What, what advice would you give them for, for getting better at it?
1: treat it like you're running ads in the best magazine in your industry. Like what ad would you run on Sports Illustrated if you were in a magazine or Vogue or Maxim? You know, treat it like magazine because it's really print advertising.
0: Gary, what are some of the emerging platforms and networks uh, that you're keeping an eye on that maybe aren't quite there yet, but you see coming to the fore in the next year or two?
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of Snapchat. I'm a big fan of Wanelo, W A N E L O. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Medium. Uh, those are the three.
0: I'm curious to know too if uh, Jab 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 Right Hook will be ready on the day of its release in audio form, or is that something you do a few weeks or months down the road?
1: Um, I uh, I'm launching the audio in the spring. Okay. I like to, I like to update my books because I write about the current thing, and so. Um, when I do that, inevitably things happen, right? <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> so I, uh, I uh, I'm excited about that because there's already been changes.
0: Well, I I asked that because your first two books I consumed via the audio versions, and I always like the fact that you go off script, and there's always new and exciting things there just for that audio uh, user, audio listener. I love it. Before we move on to some other questions not related directly to the book, is there anything else you want to make sure we let people know about the book itself as it's coming out?
1: You know, I, I would say this, Jeff, because I think there's probably some people in your audience that, you know, they, they cross over, they share, they, they know you and I, you know, and maybe you can jump in here. You're probably better to say this than me. This is a very different book than my first two. It's it's very tactical. I I had one objective in mind. Every person that spends to 20 bucks on this book for them to look back on it and be like, I stole that information. (laughs) And that's why I really show, and I wanted to also, listen, this is a little vain, but it's the truth. I wanted to, at some level, reestablish myself as the forward thinker, the thought leader, the the doer of this generation around this subject matter because when I was talking about, like, like you said, you were inspired by me that's because I was talking about it early. I feel like a lot of people caught up to my conversation and what I wasn't talking about is how much science and detail went into my my philosophy and what I, what I was figuring out. And, and so that mattered to me. I mean- please jump in here. Do you feel this one has more teeth because the 86 case studies?
0: I definitely do. I mean, there. as I mentioned to you yesterday on Twitter, that one of the things I love about this book, and, and it's sort of, I don't want to say a negative thing too, but it's taken me so long to read it. But that's a good thing because I'll read a paragraph or two and then my mind goes off into all these ways I can apply what I'm reading. And then I come back at another paragraph or two and then all these other things I can apply right now. And so the great thing is, uh, I, I, I'm getting so much out of it. The negative is it's taking me a longer to read it because it's causing me to think so much.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Well, I want to ask you, as you've started, you know, as, as, as a lemonade stand sprouted up as you were a kid, and then it went to selling baseball cards in the mall and joining your, your dad's wine business and starting VaynerMedia in 2009, if you had to narrow all these, these business lessons you've learned along the way down to a, a central theme or idea, what would you say that is? It's
1: hmm. a great question. Um... I've learned that the romantic things are true. They're just very hard to apply. Mm-hmm. Meaning this notion of giving first and then getting in return, mm-hmm. um, customer service, listening, caring, bringing value. They're all true. all the cliche things. It's a two-way conversation. all They're all true. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we don't like it is because too many hucksters talk about it over and over that aren't doing it, right? I mean, the amount of people Jeff, that talk about two-way conversation and then don't do it on Twitter is mind-boggling.
0: <laughs> no, no argument here.
1: You're laughing because you know, right?
0: <laughs> I, know, I see it every day. I'm guilty of it myself from time to time.
1: And then the other thing is patience. I think patience has been the biggest variable to my success. There's been plenty of times where I could have cashed in, quote unquote, done the wrong thing. Uh, I'm very proud that, um, that the patience has saved me.
0: Well, in that the Read to Lead podcast, uh, Gary, is based on the belief that intentional and consistent reading is one of the keys to success in in business and in life. I always like to ask each guest uh, if there are a couple of books you've read in the last few years that have had a great impact on you and if you'd be willing to share those.
1: This is where it's going to get very weird. Okay. I have read nine books in my life. Oh, wow.
0: Really? Okay.
1: It's a very weird thing with me. I I'm going to probably end up writing more books than I read. (laughs) That's awesome. And and it's not that cool. And I don't do it because I think I'm cool. It's actually just how I process the world. Mm. I like to be at the forefront. I'm a pioneer. I don't want to say I'm a pioneer because it's kind of a douchey thing to say. But (laughs) I... I get great pleasure out of trying things early and being the guy who tries to, you know, if when Christopher Columbus and when the when, when explorers land on new places, I would have been the guy in the crew that said, listen, I'm gonna eat that red berry. And if I die, tell my family I love them. You know, like <laughs> I'm that guy and so, I spend all my time trying to be at the bleeding edge of consumer behavior to talk about the subject matter more so than to read about the subject matter. I mean, I've literally never read a business book in my life. Never. None of them. Zero. Mm-hmm. I've read I've read biographies like Jobs mm-hmm. or things of that nature, but I just don't uh I don't I mean I like one of my nine books is Barbara Walters biography. I mean, I'm all I mean, it's not the medium in which I go to and so You know, I apologize. I understand that there's a lot of, you know, there's. I'm sure there's a level of hypocrisy of like I don't read, read my book. But the truth is, the reason I think I'm able to write the book that I wrote, which I really do believe, is the social 301, the social 201 book, to all the 101 that's been out there, Mm. um, is because I'm spending all my time doing the work to discover the answers to the details.
0: I respect that answer. That's a fantastic answer, and I I, I can vouch for you as <laughs> as somebody on the receiving end. So so thank you for that honesty, uh, Gary. When your time on this planet is through, what do you hope your legacy to be?
1: Ah, that's a good one. So <laughs> now you're now you're getting to what I'm about, right? Yeah. I'm obsessed with my legacy. You know, I always say to people, I want every person that I've ever met to come to my funeral. Um, I want my legacy to be like that. He. Wanted to build the biggest building in town, but not at the expense of anybody else's building. I want to be number one, but not at the expense of anybody else. I spend zero time trying to tear anybody else down. I want Chris Brogan to do well. I want Seth Godin and Malcolm Gladwell to do well. I want I want everybody to do well. Um, so that's that. But, but at the same token, boy, do I want to beat them.
0: So for you, it's not a zero sum game necessarily, or it doesn't have to be.
1: It's just not even, it just isn't one. And it's not in my demeanor, DNA or upbringing to wish ill will on anybody in return. I love the sport. Listen, I can get nasty in competition. If I'm pitching against you or, you know, for business or trying to sell wine against you, I'm willing to get real dirty, but that's the game, right? Right. You know, I'm willing to try to put you out of business, but then if you call me and you've got a problem, I'm willing to lend you back all the money. Like that's who I am.
0: Any uh, Super Bowl predictions for uh, 2014?
1: Yes, it's going to be the Patriots and the Giants because the world hates me when it comes
0: to (laughs) (laughs) football. Well, I I can say that I hate the Patriots about as much as you do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that about you, Jeff. It's one of your most redeeming qualities.
0: <laughs> well, to that end, what do you think about the Indianapolis Colts? I gotta ask you that.
1: You know, the Colts I'm in a funny spot with because the Jets beat the Colts two out of the three playoff games they've had with them in the last mm-hmm. decade. Unfortunately, the one they lost was the one to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, your say's a funny owner, so I laugh about that. I I've been there for two games. The fans there are very polite, the Midwest okay. values are really good. Uh Yeah. I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't hate, we beat the Colts to win Super Bowl three. I don't hate the Colts.
0: Well, good. That's all I wanted to know. (laughs) Well, Gary, before we wrap up, what's on the horizon for you? Obviously the book is coming out, but is there anything else we should be on the lookout for down the road?
1: Jeff, what I hope and what I hear in your tone, which has made this very happy for me, this interview is I always want to be a leader. Mm. And when I feel that smart people like yourself I can taste the tonality of this interview that I delivered what I needed to in this book for you and it reset who I am in your mind. That's the truth. I truly believe that. I think it it, it continues to elevate you if you're able to consistently deliver, right? At some point, People like I think of it like musicians, anybody can come out with a good first album. They say, you know, it's like when you get the second or the third or the fourth album, they are still doing it. You're like, okay, this is a different tier of quality. I think I'm doing it with the books, I think I'm doing it with the businesses. Right? When people are hearing that Boehner Media has gone from 20 to 300 people, you know, they're like, wait a minute, Gary's on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my second eight figure, hefty eight figure business. And you know, what's on the horizon is me continuing my entrepreneurial journey to deserve the respect of people like yourself and the people that are listening to deserve the respect to actually consume my points of view
0: well gary thank you for your time today we uh, are excited to know that you will always be a part of the history of of the read to lead podcast and it means a lot it really really does
1: makes me happy thank you
0: I'd love it if you let Gary know what you thought about our conversation today on the Read to Lead podcast. You can send a tweet to at Gary that's Gary Vee, at Gary on Twitter. And when you send him a tweet, make sure that his name, at isn't the first thing in the tweet. This is something that, that Gary has been uh, uh, trying to correct about Twitter here recently, because when you start a tweet with someone else's Twitter handle, Only people who follow both you and the person you're tweeting will actually see it instead of all of your followers. So if you'll instead start your tweet with something like, I uh, Really enjoyed the at uh, Gary V interview on the Read to Lead podcast or whatever. Just ensuring that his Twitter handle or my Twitter handle isn't the first thing in your tweet. That way, everyone who follows you has the potential to see it, not just those who follow both you and Gary. And I know that'll mean a lot to Gary, too, because, again, he's been kind of on a crusade here lately to get Twitter to change that behavior and, and how it works. Again, it's at Gary V on Twitter to comment on this episode and uh, get access to all the resources we talked about, plus some Gary V videos. And to learn more about our sponsor, The Snippet app, to download their free app, just go to readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash zero two two for episode 22. You can make a a comment there on the blog as well. Love it if you'd rate the podcast. Hope you can do that very, very soon. We're over 111, I think it is, five-star ratings and reviews. This helps keep the podcast visible and makes it easier to find by new people. And if you give it a five-star rating and leave a review, I'll be sure and mention your name in an upcoming episode of the Read to Lead podcast. This week, I want to say thanks to Paul Vandermill, who calls it consistent, and Beth Phillips, who says she loves the format. You can rate and review the podcast right now just by going to readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Well, next time on the show, we welcome the suitcase entrepreneur herself, Natalie Sisson. That'll do it for this week. Hope to see you next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. For the longest time Time woe, The longest For the longest If you said goodbye to me tonight There would still be music left to write How what else could I do? I'm so inspired by you And that hasn't happened for the longest time